0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is At The Helm Sports. I'm your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining me for episode 73. Please be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave those five-star reviews, especially on a major week. It goes a long way towards getting us new listeners. And speaking of majors... We have the second major of the year, and I will be discussing the PGA Championship with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Kenny Kim, so really excited about this one, going to be a fun one, so let's get right into it. Alright, so we are ready for the second major of the year, the 2023 PGA Championship, and joining me tonight is the man himself, host of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates, and contributor at GUP's Corner, Kenny Kim, how we doing? I'm good
1: Derek man I'm happy to be on I'm excited about this event Uh, I haven't been this excited about a PGA championship in a while I don't know why I am just I'm feeling it I like my picks I'm ready to rock
0: yeah I I feel the exact same way usually don't care too much but I I think it might have something to do with the elevated events this this year it's just like it's like a little too much and it's kind of losing its luster so like when you actually get to a major you know it it makes it feel a little bit different maybe
1: yeah, I mean, definitely. And you get to live, guys, too. So, I mean, you, you get the best of the best. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So really, I guess where we could start, I mean, you know, it's it's still Monday. So obviously, we probably don't have too hard of stances yet. Still got some figuring out to do, but kind of a first look. I know you've done a couple shows already, and but we, we can kind of just go through the pricing. But if we start first at the actual course, I think that would probably be a good idea. So obviously we're playing at Oak Hill, the East Course, and the big talk has been the major renovation or more so a restoration as they kind of made it closer to the original Donald Ross design. So we have a 7,400 yard par 70 with bent grass greens. Obviously 7,400 yards is pretty long, especially considering it's a par 70, but the renovation removed a ton of trees, over 600 trees. So that that's going to be very interesting, going to be nothing like what we saw back in 2013. Fairways have been a little bit widened, but still going to be really, really hard to hit. So it's going to be interesting to see what guys do. You know, some of the shorter hitters are probably going to have to be playing out of the fairway if if they're going to want to contend here. And some of the bombers might just say, fuck it. And just if I'm going to be missing fairways anyway, I might as well be as far as I possibly can. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic as well. The bunkers are, are very penal here. It looks like greenside and fairway. So that, that's going to come into play quite a bit. Probably going to have some sand saves that we're going to want to look at. Really. I, I was looking at sand saves a little more over the weekend. And the more I thought about it, I, I think with how penal these bunkers are, if you're in the sand too much, you might not be contending. So I, I think guys are going to need it, but if they're playing out of the sand the whole time, they're, they're probably fucked. So but yeah the, the, real- the bunkering is tough the bunker is real tough here. I mean the the biggest issue about it is
1: is, is you know the elevated greens and so yep. since the greens are elevated and the, and the bunkers the lips of the bunkers are below the elevated green. So and they're very very high faced in the front. So you're not going to get any uphill lies. All the balls are going to travel down to the middle. Uh so it's going to be harder to get loft on that uh bunker shot and you have extra loft because you have to get it over the elevated green. So yeah, the bunker is going to be tough.
0: Yeah, and, and a lot of them are sloping back to front. So depending on you know where you are and what bunker, if you're a little bit further past the hole, it's going to be hell. You're going to have a tough shot as it is coming downhill. So that that's going to be a really interesting dynamic this week as well. And then as far as the greens themselves, obviously we have pure bent grass. So I what, what are you thinking as far as the stimp goes? I mean, it, I would figure it's got to be
1: 13 plus. I mean, it's a major. Uh, I would think 12 to 13 would be my guess. Uh, we'll see what Kerry Hay- hey does uh, as the week goes on. I don't think I've seen anything about this snip. There might have been a
0: GSCAA article about it, but I mean, I would figure it's going to be twelve plus. Yeah, you you would think so at at a major. And another thing to keep in mind is uh, upstate New York. I'm I'm actually from New York myself, about an hour yeah. outside of the city, but not not too far close to Rochester. So, but I mean, this morning it was it was freezing it was like 40 degrees so it's something to keep in mind these mornings are going to be cold probably be damp supposed to get a little bit of rain overnight possibly i I saw maybe on on friday or saturday night so that's going to be another interesting thing to look at is how wet this course is going to be
1: uh definitely i mean you know it's the, the wetter it gets the more it's gonna uh you know make it easier for the longer hitters basically is what i would think because they're going to be bombing it out there uh and then even from the rough Uh, if, if, if the greens are going to be wet and soft, even from the rough, they'll be able to get it to stop it, you know, a little bit, uh, easier than if it was, you know, dry and fast and stuff like that.
0: So yeah, the weather's going to be something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so really, I mean, we're, we're looking at guys that have a bit of distance off the tee. If they don't have that much distance off the tee, you're going to probably want to look at fairways gained. Definitely want to approach, especially the longer irons, over 200 yards, maybe 150 to 175. And these greens are pretty small, so we're, we're going to want a lot of around the green. It's going to test all facets, it looks like.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. You're going to have everything around the uh, all-around game is going to be needed because, I mean, you're going to miss these greens. They're tiny. They're about 4,500 uh, square feet, elevated as well with the runoff areas and, you know, the upside-down-shaped bowl uh, type on the edges. So you, if you just miss by a little bit – and one other thing that happened – Uh, In the course redesign, is, you know, when they made the, when they changed all the greens and created that upside down bowl type structure, they were able to do different types of pin locations uh, all around the greens that are going to be really tight to those edges. So if you're going to be aggressive, if you miss just by a little, you know, it's going to roll off into a bunker. It's going to roll off into a collection area. And, you know, anytime the green is going to be elevated, it makes getting it up and down that much more difficult. And of course, you got to be out, you know, pounded off the tee, long iron play. You need an all around game
0: yeah and and with hard to hit greens it's even harder when you're hitting from over 200 yards on a lot of these approach shots so all right I I think that's a pretty good breakdown of of the course and what kind of guys we're looking at and skill sets but if if we actually jump into the pricing I I think the big question for most people obviously is going to be what to do up top because there's a lot of decisions to be made here and then you can kind of pick and choose as you go down so you know, maybe we'll focus a little bit more on these guys up top, and then kind of just go through maybe some guys that we're looking at down lower. But obviously, John Rahm starts off the pricing eleven thousand four hundred. He's probably going to be the most popular up here, and for good reason. The the guy has been on absolute fire, and I could see him winning every major this year, and that wouldn't be outside the realm of possibilities. But what what are you looking at up top, Kenny? I have Rahm and Kepka.
1: Uh, those are the two guys that I'm going to play in that 10k range. I mean, Rom, we just talked about the all around game. He has that. Uh, he, he's got that second major under his belt. Uh, he's oozing confidence. Uh, I don't see uh, you know anything stopping. If he wins this week it would not shock me. Uh, the master champion hasn't done that well at the PGA Championship uh, since it's been moved to uh right after the masters, but it's such a small sample size. I don't think that's going to affect him. I have no problem playing Rom. When it comes to Kepka, uh, we saw what he had uh at the Masters. A little worried uh about you know him and his final round play, but I think that it really helped him to be in that in that final pairing on Sunday to get that feeling again. Because you don't really get that type of feeling in, in Liv, live, uh, even though he's won twice there. Uh that Sunday feeling, the Sunday scaries Uh, You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't really get that when it comes to live. Uh, But so it was good. I think that even though he he didn't come through uh, at the masters, it was good for him to be in that final group, feel that feeling again. And then I think that would help him when it comes to this week. And I I think this course is going to be good for him.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with, with all of that. And, you know, he might have been a little bit disappointed after the fact that he didn't win. But I'm sure he came away with a ton of confidence just knowing, you know, I still got it. I can still contend at these majors, which clearly is the only thing he's ever really cared about anyway. And I, I've actually already made an outright on him at, at 23 to one. So I, yep, I, I got him at 22. Yep, awesome. I got him at 22 myself. Yep. Yeah. I, I And it's going to be interesting because, you know, how well he did play at the Masters, I'm glad that he's priced up here because I think his ownership would probably get out of control, but the fact that he's up here and, you know, people are probably going to pay up for Rom or, or maybe one of the other guys and right below him, you got Xander and Cantlay. So I think that keeps his ownership in check too. Yeah. Being around Xander, I think Xander and
1: Cantlay are going to be two of the most popular golfers, uh, you know, in in, in the field. I mean, and the thing is, if you go above him, I don't know how much Colin's going to, I think Colin might be the least owned and which makes him, you know, something to think about. Uh, when it comes to it, because that man's finished top 10 in half of the majors he's played, and it's only been, you know, like 10 or 12 or something like that that he's played. But still, top 10 and half is pretty good, uh, you know, but you worry about his short game. You worry about his bunker play. Uh, so I, as of now, it's probably a no for me. I'm just going to stick with those two guys uh, up top, and it gives me options on how to build uh, my 50 lineups for the week, you know. Uh, if I add another person up there, it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and Kyle, I, I love Morikawa. He's, he's one of my favorites. So I keep going back and forth. I keep making cases for him and against him. And, you know, the case for him is the guy hits a ton of fairways. He He's great from that 200 yard and, and 150 to 175 yard mark. So if he's hitting fairways and he's hitting greens, he's good. And if everybody's missing the green here, I mean, maybe it's not too terrible. And the big thing is, he can't just have complete blow ups. So if he's missing a couple putts and maybe not chipping great, at least he doesn't have to do what they did last week and have to be 20 under. You know, it, it's not as much scoring here. So it, it's, I'm probably going to n- not get there on him. But like you said, if he's going overlooked, it, it's going to be hard not to maybe sprinkle him in a little bit. Yeah, so, definitely. It's true. Sorry about that. No, go ahead. No, I I, w- I was going to say we we probably should just touch on Rory here. I I don't think he's going to get a lot of ownership either. Obviously, he's looked completely broken, but it it does look like it could work out well for him. Obviously, we've heard the narrative that, you know, he's a member here, played here all during COVID, so do you think there's any chance that that Rory is worth a play up here or Oh, there's definitely a chance. It's Rory
1: McElroy. Uh, yeah. you know, I mean, I you know, after reading Ben Coley's article and listening to Annie Lacks podcast a couple of great guys. They, 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 they definitely tried to, (laughs) I almost swayed me. They almost swayed me, but I I can't do it because I like Rom and I like Kepka more and I can't really do a third guy up here uh, when I make my 50 lineups for my GPPs. Uh, So more than likely he's going to stay off, but uh, you know, it, it's worrisome. I mean, all these top guys that you're going to fade, you're going to have to worry a little bit. You got to be able to pick and choose and hopefully you pick and choose the right ones.
0: Yeah. I've been dodging bullets with Rory and, and actually been pretty good this year. You know, I, I faded them the last couple times out and it's always terrifying, but I, I think I'm in the same boat. If you're going to play him, it's basically just a game theory play and, and hoping for the best. But if we go a little bit further down the board, you, you said you like Xander and Cantlay and, and they're going to be very popular. And for good reason, I, I just hate the two of them so much. I'm always trying to make cases not to play them, but it's very hard this week to make cases against them.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not a big Canley fan, but you know, once you bring bias into it, it sort of messes up with everything. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a natural human thing. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it could be tough to to go about because I understand your point of view, but, uh, those guys just make a lot of sense. So I didn't bet Canley, uh, but I did bet Xander, uh, those two aren't even my favorites in the 9K range. I like Fino. Fino's probably my favorite play uh, in the whole slate. I think he's going to win this event. I got him a 28 to 1. Uh, you know, earlier on the fantasy golf generals pod that I host, uh, you know, for the season preview, I said Ram was going to win the Masters. And I said Fina was going to win the PJ Championship. So uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with that. And hopefully we can be right on both of those. It'll be a nice little start to the major season.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with it too, because I've actually bet fee now as well at 29 to one. So uh, we're, we're on the same page there, but yeah, I think he's going to be pretty popular as well, but mm. I, I don't care. I'm willing to eat that chalk. I, I just, I think his game is in the right place and he does everything that you want to see here. Spieth with the wrist, nobody's going to go there again, similar to Rory. That's basically, you're just game theory. Just, Trying to take a, a low-owned guy there. It's it's interesting. Have you heard anything update-wise about the I risk? mean he said he's playing, so obviously, I mean, hopefully he's okay. The worry I have is, I mean, the type of Jordan,
1: the type of person that Jordan is. Uh, you know, I was on a show in Dallas this past week and the hosts were talking about how uh the whole fan base down in that area was so disappointed that he wouldn't play. And he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would like lie about an injury to skip a hometown event. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think he, if he was, you know, if he was able to play, I think he would have played uh, just because, uh, you know, this is a pretty important event for him. Uh, the community that he lives in, I don't think he'd just skip it uh, just because he wanted a, one more week's rest. Uh, I think there was probably something. Maybe it was minor. You know, maybe it only took a week uh, to heal. I I don't know. Uh, But the issue with him is, you know, he's so sporadic off the tee, uh, and this rough is so thick. Uh, You know, we've seen some balls sink down really deep into this, you know, three inch rough, three and a half inch rough, uh, that, you know, if he misses a lot of fairway, he's going to hack it out uh, of that thick rough. That could, you know, be a problem with this. Risk if it's really injured again all this is circumstance we, we don't really know uh you know we just got to go on what he's saying and he said he was injured last week he said he's fine this week uh i'm not gonna go with him uh but again I, you're looking at single digit ownership for a guy of jordan speed caliber caliber j- game theory wise
0: uh, i can't really go against you but you are going to be taking a big risk absolutely and and the other thing too we we said it's going to be really cold in the mornings i mean when it's cold and you're sore it's it's not a good time. So you no. you add all that together, it's definitely probably not going to be playing speeth. But we, we said not good off the tee. What do you think about Cam Smith? Because he, he's won me GPPs with his driver in the sense that he, he was leading, I think it was the St. Jude a couple of years ago, and, and just started getting wild off the tee and fell apart, and it, it pro- propelled me to a win, so... I think Cam Smith's drive is pretty, pretty sketchy, but the rest of his game is, is immaculate. So I'm having a hard time trying to figure out what to do with him.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing about Cam is, um, hold on. do I Let me, let me get the, my right, my correct, uh, thing up here. Give me one second. So I, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you worry about, uh, you worry about his, um, his driving and he's not like, um, the longest guy, off the tee either and so you know i he's such a good player and he's so good around the greens and he's so good with his flat stick that as of now i have him marked as i'm gonna play him but that could change that could change as the week goes on um especially when I, he would be if once i start building my lineups if the numbers don't work out for me uh with the guys up top uh, you know the guys i have marked right now in that 9 and 10k range are going to be Rom Kepka Xander Canley Finau Cam and Sungjay. Uh you know usually i can only have about 7 and sometimes 7 is too much uh, in a 9k and above range. Uh so if it doesn't work out numbers wise for me and i don't like the uh, uh the ownership i have personal ownership i have on those 7 guys up top he would be the first one out for me.
0: Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at, too, right now. Right now, I got Rom, Scheffler, Kepka, Finau, Thomas, Sungjae. And Cam's probably the first out of there. And then still kind of deciding if Justin Thomas feels like he's going to show up with his putter. Did look a was, little bit better, but... Yeah, he, Thomas, JT scares me
1: fading him a lot. Probably more than Rory uh, this yeah. week. I you, know, I you know what I'm saying? Just because... Um, everything points to him numbers wise of being, you know, an excellent choice, you would think. Um, so, so definitely a, a, a bit worried, you know, especially like rainy conditions, uh, soft courses, um, you know, difficult courses, longer courses, he's good at all that stuff. So uh, definitely a bit worried. Uh, about that fade uh we'll have to see what his ownership is too i mean i might flip cam for for jt um you know at some point in time we'll see how the week goes and what i finish up on wednesday
0: yeah and i'm I'm actually possibly thinking about putting a bet in on him too and it's possible maybe that's my exposure to him because like you said it, it it's terrifying thinking about fading him here and it's it's terrifying fading Rory, but there's a thirteen hundred dollar price difference as well. So I'd probably rather take the chance on Thomas, and I might just make the outright on him and, and fade him. But like you said, we still got a couple of days left to figure that out. Yep. So Cam Smith, Spieth, terrible off the tee. Cam Young, Hovland, complete opposite, and neither one of them can has any short game whatsoever. So. As of right now, I'm probably not going to them. I do love Sungjae. This is a place that's going to test every facet of your game, and and Jay is, you know, every facet of his game is is pretty damn good.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely playing Sungjae. I mean, he won in Korea last week. I mean, I, I hate how he goes to Korea before the week before the PGA Championship. But he was asked today in a special uh, uh, in an interview uh, if he's worried about the jet lag and the time difference. He laughed it off. Uh he literally just laughs. He's like probably not. so I don't think I don't think it's gonna bother him because you gotta remember he played like eight every event for like two years. Oh yeah. So so I don't he 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 has the energy. He's still young. Uh I think he's what, 23, 24. Uh I'm hoping it doesn't affect him. Uh and if it doesn't, you know, it'd be good because I expect a good finish with Sung Yeah,
0: you got you gotta figure that's probably a flight he's made a million times. So he's uh, probably definitely. used to it by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's jason day i'm i'm not chasing that it was nice to see him win but just up here with all these guys there's plenty of other guys i would rather play i do have a little interest in dj though i kind of wish he didn't win because i think that's that's going to prop up his ownership a little bit but where where are you at with dj
1: yeah i mean he said all the right things after his win yesterday on, on the live tour where he said he found his game he's feeling confident i mean I believe it. He, I, you know, he, he went into that playoff, and he, he had to really scrap uh, to win that event. He could have just blown it off because on, on his yep. 17th hole, uh, he had a three-footer for birdie to to uh, to uh tie, um, and then he missed the three-footer. Uh, and then on his 18th, on his final hole, he had to make a longer birdie putt uh, to tie again. He made that. Uh, and then, of course, he drained he drained that birdie putt on the first playoff to win. So confidence is sky high. We saw it last time with Kepka. Uh, coming off, you know, a nice win on live. Coming in, finishing second. The course should, as far as he hits the ball, uh, you know, you would expect DJ uh, to do well. Of course, you worry a little bit about his bunker play uh, and stuff like that. But the guy is so good, and so talented, and so silky smooth off the tee. And you know, I I, I think Nile Lyons um, had a tweet earlier today talking about, you know, this could be a runaway, uh, you know, because of how difficult the course is. But if like one golfer just pounds it out there and hits a shit ton of fairways uh they could just you know crush this course something we saw at like congressional with rory uh or something like that and and that's viable uh, with dustin johnson
0: yeah absolutely and i mean it's similar to to bryson too you know he he i think on the weekend when he won the u.s open i think he was the only one under par on sunday it was like he was playing a different course. So I I definitely could see that with DJ and his games in the right place has played well in the Northeast. So definitely going to be interesting An interesting start could possibly even be maybe Brooks and DJ depending on their ownership.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I I think people will go in that direction. We'll see how much the live hate really matters when it comes down uh, to, to, to people making their lineups.
0: I I would expect both of them to be around 15%, but you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they're over 20. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I, I think the Masters is going to it's going to prop these guys up a little bit because people were a lot more apprehensive before the Masters to play them and seeing a lot of guys come out and be successful probably probably has them a little bit more eager to play them. Max Homa, 8700, one of my favorite golfers again, but I just he hasn't really done well in majors. It seems like this could be a course that fits him well but i'd just much rather play the guys below him i i actually really like Hideki, hatton and fitzpatrick i don't know if i could play all of them but i i do like the three of them fitz is probably my favorite play uh in this 8k range just because you know he's gained so much distance off the
1: tee he's not short anymore he's sort of a bomber uh and how good he is uh, around the greens in the bunkers uh you know his, his iron game is not the greatest but i mean you know he does enough in the other aspects of his game, where he could sort of hide that. Uh, and so I, I really like Fitz. Um, I'm going to be playing Homa. Uh, you know, he's wanted hard, difficult tracks with thick, rough before. At some point in time, you would expect him to break out uh, at a major. This seems like a course that he could do it at. Uh, he did, what was he, eighth place at the Wells Fargo just a couple of weeks ago, another big boy course. Um, I could see him, you know, I can see. I like that his ownership's probably going to be low. Could be a nice leverage play along with Lowry uh, down here. I think no one's going to play uh, Shane Lowry. He's so good at hard courses. He's he's good in difficult conditions, cold conditions, rainy, wind, all that stuff. Uh, you know, he hasn't been playing great, but a lot of it has to do with just how bad he's been putting. You know, one spike putting week, and he continues the ball striking that he's had uh, this year. You, know, you could see him near the top of the leader pool.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think. You might have sold me on Homa, and it doesn't take much because, like I said, I love the guy, but I, I do like the Lowry call too. If if we're going to get some nasty conditions, it's going to play difficult. He's played well in majors, so it, it could be interesting. I mean, you, you could pair all these guys up in, in a lineup and, and be on your way. You could play Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Lowry, Tommy Fleetwood, and then I don't know if you can maybe fit Cam Smith in there, and there you go. You got a lineup. Yeah, I mean, definitely the, the, the uber balance, the all-8K yep. lineup, something like that, yep. yeah. Sam Burns, another guy I like a lot. I, I do think that I could possibly see him winning the PGA in the future. I just don't know if it's here.
1: Yeah, I, I, he just he's, he hasn't really done well on, like, hard-ass courses. I'm a little worried about that. I and mean, Most of his wins are uh, on easier courses, easier tracks. I, I, I don't... I don't see, I don't like him this week. I'm not, I'm not going to play him.
0: Yeah, I'm probably out on him as well. Gala, I just, I do like the guy, but I, I don't know if this is a spot where I really want to go to him. Same with Tom Kim. I just, I, I want to see it first. Earlier in the year, I really was on him because of, you know, the success that we saw with him. And it, it kind of seems like he's cooled off a little bit lately. Didn't look too bad this past week on the weekend, but. What are, what are your thoughts on those guys?
1: Yeah, Figa, Thiga, uh, just because how poor of a driver he is, uh, you know, he doesn't have too much major experience. I'm probably off. Tom Kim, I'd love to play him, my Korean brethren, but he just, his game hasn't been where it was earlier this year and in the fall. Uh, you know, I don't expect him to really do too much this week. Uh, not the not the biggest fan of Tom.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really like Fleetwood probably going to play quite a bit of him. Just he's been really good with the approach, great around the green. So those are two things you're definitely going to have to rely upon here. And then I also like Neiman. I I think his game could fit here. You know, he's not ridiculously long off the tee, but he's definitely not short by any means. Gain stroke off the tee and, and on approach. So uh, I think his game could fit. So I, I'm probably going to have quite a bit of those two in my lineups in this area. And, and then also Adam Scott, just his, yeah, his mean, game looks good too.
1: Yeah. Scott's been playing well. A couple of top tens coming in, you know, you know, he's hot. Uh, I got no problem with Adam Scott, I'm not the biggest Neiman fan. I, I worry a little bit just because of the way he drives the ball is so low. Uh, You know what I'm saying? And his ball, his ball carry is, is one of the lowest. He relies a lot on roll and a lot yeah, of you know, his, true. His his low drive has a lot of topspin, um, and you know I would say like ten to fifteen percent of his drives are, are based are you know is on the roll. And if it was like firm and fast fairways. You know, yes, give, give me some because, you know, he'd be able to pound it out there. A little bit worried if there's going to be super soft conditions. Uh, and I'm not even sure about that yet. We'll have to see. Uh, I got to see more of the course uh, and how it is. I haven't even, you know, seen any coverage on, on how it's really uh, looking and playing. And it doesn't look like there's going to be, you said there's going to be rain tonight, maybe. So maybe it'll soften it up a little bit. But I, I'm a little worried about that with Neiman. So uh, I know a lot of people are on him. I am not one of them.
0: Yeah. It, it, it might come down to ownership for me because I, I definitely like Adam Scott better and Keegan Bradley, another one, it, it's going to depend on ownership, but I, I think he's going to play very well here previously already won a PGA. So definitely like that. He's actually sixth in strokes gained putting on bent grass. So definitely like that as well. Won the BMW, the Bridgestone, the Byron Nelson, all those are bent grass. So I, I think he could play well here as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like Rosie. He's my favorite play uh, in in this, like, higher-end 7K range. Speaking of how good he is, you know, from the bunkers uh, and stuff like that, he's having a really sort of like a rejuvenation type of year. Um, you know, it's sort of in the mold of, you know, Jason Day and Ricky Fowler. Uh, he got his win at Pebble. Uh, that's, you know, I, I, I like Justin Rose a lot uh, this week. He's coming in pretty good form. Um, you see him, you know, near you know, top 20s uh, on a lot of difficult courses. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of Rose this week.
0: Yeah, and you're going to want to rely on Sand Saves quite a bit here, and he he's one of the best as far as that goes. Also, can hit a bunch of fairways, so I I like the Rose Call. Probably not in on Reed, and I think Fowler is going to be very very popular, and I'm willing to just fade him. I know he's been playing very well, but if he's getting up there in ownership, I'm I'm okay passing over him, and if he wins, I'll just be happy for the guy.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I like Reed. I'll be playing him. I'm going to be playing a lot of these guys in this mid 7K range. Uh, you know, a couple of guys that just come to mind is going to be Patrick Reed. Uh, you know, another guy, long, difficult courses, great short game. Uh, you know, that's sort of his thing. Uh, I like Wyndham Clark. Uh, I don't, we'll see how popular. Uh, Wyndham gets but I mean you know he's a more strokes gained per total since the Zozo champion this is a Justin Ray stat uh since the Zozo champions at Wyndham Clark more strokes gained total per round than Victor Hovland more strokes gained approach per round than Corey Connors more strokes gained Tita Green per round than Justin Thomas I mean that's pretty sick the guy's been playing out of his mind uh he won a big boy event Wells Fargo long difficult Lots of long irons. He's excellent uh, off the tee. He's really good with the long irons. He has what I'm looking for uh, this week for the most part. Uh, he's, you know, I'd say, where is he? Above, he's, he's pretty good around the green, top 25 in the last 50 rounds. His sand save percentage, average, average. It's not real shitty. It's not great right in the middle. Hopefully he avoids them. Uh, but, yeah, I like I like Wyndham Clark here uh, down in, in, in this middle set, middle 7K range.
0: Yeah, he'll he'll probably be my highest own in in this range. He's just like you said; he's been playing out of his mind. He won the big boy event, and he won it. He, he ran away with it, mm-hmm. and kind of sucks. I actually bet him a couple times this year, and and wasn't on that one. But I think, think right. I bet him the week before, and that happens yep. all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, Mexico, like 20 to, at twenty to Mexico one in his, a shitbag yeah. field. Yep, yeah. and then yeah. yeah, and then he comes yeah. out the next week and destroys. So. I'm actually playing Bryson too. Um, Again, big, big fan of Bryson always have been. And I was actually pissed to see him go to live, but I I think this is a place where, where he can kind of do what he did in that U S open. And you know, he's been playing a little bit better on live. I don't think a lot of people are going to go to him. So 7,400 for him. I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. The problem I have in this range is like, I only got like four guys and there's like, Twenty
1: people from like 7500 to to 7k maybe even more uh and i really only like like four of them and the way my roster construction is going to happen i'm probably going to have to add somebody uh so he's not on my list i thought about him hard uh but he's not there yet personally um i like danny mccarthy uh coming off a fifth place at the u.s open which is the last major that he played. He makes a shit ton of cuts. He's been having a really good season, consistent, a bunch of top 25s. His iron game has steadily been improving. You know, he's one of the best putters in the world, um, you know, and, and at recent events at recent big boy events, the guy's been, you know, top 15, top 20 uh, difficult courses. Um, I, I like him uh, a lot this week. Uh, other people down in this lower range, Harrison, there's another tough course guy. I mean, you just look at leaderboards from the past. on like all these difficult courses, like, How did Harris English finish ninth in this event? How did Harris English finish sixth at this event? How did Harris English finish third at this event? You, you, You look at his major record, you're like, how does he do it? You know, I mean, he's not the longest guy. Uh, you know, off the tee, um, his iron play overall throughout his career has been excellent. But I mean, it's been not that great here in the last year. Uh, but still, every time you see like a leaderboard at a major, he's there somehow. I I don't know what it is. Uh, so so I mean, I'll probably play him. Si Woo, another guy down here. Uh, I'm a fan of short game. Uh, confident coming in with a second place finish. This past week at the Byron Nelson. Um, I like his price point. Again, it's going to be boomer bust. But the good thing about him is he has been a little bit more consistent this year, making more cuts. It's not like he has like nine of 22 made cuts and two wins or some shit like there's yeah. like, and a win and like, oh, and like three top fives and a win in those nine because that's what we're used to in old Siwoo. Uh, You know, he got his win at the Sony and he's been
0: a little bit more consistent this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I I actually bet Siwoo last week, and he missed that putt on 17 to tie it, and that was brutal. But the only thing that worries me about him is just he gets so aggressive sometimes, and here, like you said, with some of these pin placements, it might come back to bite him in the ass, but at 7,100, I I, I think it's definitely worth a shot. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, yeah, Definitely at that price. I don't even know how popular it will be either. Uh, but, yeah, I'm definitely going to be playing him. Yeah, I, I like the Harris-English call as well. And Denny McCarthy, actually, surprisingly, he's in the top 30 in fairways gain and also top 30 in, in the par 4s from 450 to 500 yards. So do like that as well for him. Yeah, Gary
1: I mean, would. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I've heard a lot of people say that they've bet him already. So I, I'm wondering if that's going to translate to DraftKings as well. It will.
1: Uh, he's probably going to be the highest owner in this low 7K range. I don't think there's any doubt about it, uh, which I haven't clicked here now. But the problem is I don't know who else I'd rather play. Uh, you know, you worry about ownership. You think about ownership all the time. But if you don't feel the other golfers, um, you know, it's hard to click their buttons. Uh, yeah, you know, some yep. guys are better at that than others. You know, they they look past and uh, Let's play the game theory. Let's do this. It's tough for me. to just uh, You know, I have the eye test and I watch so much golf. I'm like, these other guys, I don't think they're going to be able to do well but they could, it's pro golf. You never know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, so if you have the balls to go ahead and find someone down in the 7,100 range, that isn't the four guys that we just talked about, uh, you're going to have low ownership uh, on those, but you know, you have to settle in your mind. Is it worth it or not?
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I wanted to play Keith Mitchell when I first saw the pricing, but he just has not looked good the past couple times out nowhere near what he looked at during the Florida swing. So I don't know if I can get there with him. I might take a stab on Russell Henley. 7300 not a terrible price for him. He's, he's actually looked a lot better recently. Looked pretty good at the Masters. So I, I think it's worth a stab going after Henley. Maybe his ball striking is back. Yeah, it's funny how you know he's really good around the greens,
1: but so shitty from the bunkers. So hopefully, when he yeah. misses the greens, he doesn't hit into a bunker. He should be this all right then. Because of,
0: and the thing is, his iron play is so good, he might not be missing so many
1: greens. I don't have him clicked, but I can't talk against him.
0: Yeah, and also he's he's first in fairways gained over the last fifty rounds too. So if he's playing from the fairway, maybe he can hit a couple more greens and and stay yeah. out of them bunkers. Yeah, I, I might look at him a little bit harder
1: now that we're talking about it because I mean I got to find somebody else. Down in this, you know, seven thousand to seventy five hundred k range, seventy five hundred range.
0: Another guy I'm possibly thinking about is Chris Kirk. It's there's really not much that says to play Chris Kirk, but just for some reason, I feel like this could be a Chris Kirk horse. If that makes any sense, just I I think it could suit his game well. I mean, I'm not. Gonna,
1: you know, if you feel convicted about it, I'm not going to play him. But if you feel convicted about him, go ahead and play him. Anytime, if you're listening at home, you have conviction on the player, and you hear people saying, "Ah, don't play him. Don't play him." Don't listen. Go with your gut. You know, you, that's the way I would go. Because if he ends up doing well, and you're like, "Well, you're going to feel like shit." Uh, you're yeah. gonna, "I had him, but I listened to so many people and I
0: dropped them." You know, that's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say it's necessarily conviction as much as it is just kind of a gut feel. And, and again, we're searching for guys down here, so might make the player pool. Yeah,
1: I can't, I do can't you,
0: doubt you on that. Do you like anybody in the sixes? Because I do not.
1: <clears throat> I mean, it's tough. I mean, looking at it, you think Hoagie's going to be uh, the highest owned for good reason, mm-hmm. but I do like him and Kucher. Kucher tends to play well at longer, difficult courses. We've seen him in the past do what it may, just sort of like a mini Harris English. Uh, and he has sort of res- resurrected his career just a little bit uh, this season. He is playing good golf. Um, I think Adam Hadlin's a sleeper, low-owned, sub-5%. He does really well on hard, difficult courses, even though he's not that long off the tee. uh, Even on longer courses, he tends to play well, especially if it's a a difficult setup. Um, You know, he's not playing the greatest, but he showed some flashes last week. He had like one or two really spike rounds uh, over at the Byron Nelson, which, you know, not that hard to do. It's not the hardest course in the world. So you could take that with a grain of salt. But, uh, you know, you got to pick somebody down here, especially especially if you're going to play a Rom Scheffler and somebody and Kepka, you know, you're going to have to go down to the 6K range, I would expect, uh, you know. And, and so, I mean, other guys, other guys, Matt Hughes plays well at different courses. I really like H 3 H 3 is probably the lowest I will go, um, you know, when it comes down to he had a really nice top five finish uh, this past week on Live. Uh, maybe Brendan Steele also, maybe the two Live guys uh, down here. They just, they just pop in the stat model, uh, you know, and of course, you know, they haven't had many stats uh, that pop in your model because they've been playing in live, but prior to that, uh, it, it seems like their games would fit this course. So those are two guys uh, that I would probably jump on uh, in that 6K range, but I don't think I'm going to go lower than uh, HV3.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be playing HB 3 I've always liked him. Another guy, I was pissed that he went to live, but definitely think he, he could play well here. Steel did stick out statistically, but as as you said, you know those when are those stats even from? So yeah. it it could be interesting at sixty six hundred. There are worse plays, so not bad. I I do like the Kucher call as well. I I kind of just completely glossed over him. Sixty nine hundred is a good price for him with the short game. He he's probably going to be in the fairway a good amount. So put a star next to Kucher as well. But I, I think we've pretty much exhausted the field here. So, you what what were the bets that you said you have so far? So, I only have three bets. These are the only three bets I'm going to probably have this week. Uh, I
1: have Kepka 20 to 1, Xander at 22 to 1, Finao at 28 to 1.
0: All right. Yeah. I, I'm Kepka 23, Finao 29, and I'm considering Justin Thomas. Depends on what I see his number at. I've seen it anywhere from 20. Yeah, I could see him drift too. Yeah, yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I'm hoping for. And then DK has has that little boost, maybe add that onto it too. I possibly even get him at like 30 or something like that, maybe even a little higher. Yeah, I mean, if he gets to 30 want to one, that would make it extremely tempting. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I know story time with Kenny is the thing. So I figured I got you on. I might as well give you a story before we get out of here if you're cool with it. Oh, are you going to tell me a story? Yeah, yep. Oh, I want to listen. Let's do it. All right, so it's gonna be a mushroom story. Now okay. I didn't almost right. I didn't I didn't almost die, but okay. it, it was an interesting one. So <laughs> okay. you know, I, I I did a bunch of shrooms when I was younger. So this mm-hmm. is probably like I don't know, maybe like eight years ago. Hadn't done shrooms in a while. At a party all day, I think it was like Memorial Day or something. My buddy comes up, he's like, Hey, we got a bunch of shrooms, come take shrooms. So I was like, Nah, I'm good. I haven't thought of it in a while. I'm at a party, I've been drinking all day, I'm good. So he's like, come on, we have an eighth left. Let's just just do it. So I'm really not one for peer pressure, but I was like, ah, fuck it. It'll be fun. So take shrooms. Later on, they start kicking in. All of a sudden, my wife called me. She was my girlfriend at the time. So I, I go to talk to her and a fight breaks out behind me. So I start walking away from the fight so that I could hear her. I end up walking into the middle of a field. Turn around when I get off the phone and I can't even see the house anymore. And at this point (laughs) I am tripping balls lost in the middle of a field. I can't see lights. I can't see anything. I have no idea how long I was even walking for. So all of a sudden I just start walking in the direction. I'm like, at some point, I know I got to come out by a road or a house or something. So as I'm walking, I trip over a baby deer and, I mean on shrooms, you you know, you might hallucinate a little bit, but you ain't hallucinating that you might see some uh. some streaks or some colors, or yeah, you know? yeah. So the the mom hisses at me. I'm sprinting through the woods. <laughs> so I cut all of a sudden my wife calls me. I'm telling her what happened. She's like, You are insane right now. Where the hell are you? I'm coming to pick you up. So I was like, I don't know. I'm in the middle of the woods. All I know is I'm on a bridge. <laughs> I'm on a bridge. And As I say that my phone dies. So the last thing she hears from me is basically me panicking about a deer being attacked by a deer and that I'm standing on a bridge. So she was about an hour away at her dad's house and comes driving up and, and goes to the party to look for me. I end up on a road like four miles away and start walking back as I'm walking back. I walked, I was so fucked up. I walked past the house (laughs) So I walk past the house, I get to the end of the road, and I see my wife turn onto the road, and she drives right past me. So I had to turn all the way around and walk all the way back to the house. So it was an interesting night. That's a crazy story. Chipping over a baby deer and having, like, Bambi
1: fucking Bambi's mom hiss at you. That, yeah. that would scare the shit out of me. Because, I mean, the thing about me is when I do mushrooms, I tend to overdo it. Like, I'm not yeah. eating an eighth. I'm eating, yep. like, a half ounce. Uh, yeah. depending on the quality. I've had bad experiences with crazy high quality uh mushrooms. I am only oh, that yeah. mistake again. Uh but you know, just typical middle of the road mushrooms. I like to trip balls, uh, you know, when it comes down to it. So I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I don't go out of the house uh very <laughs> often anymore. Uh if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do that type of stuff, you know, in, in my youth, I'd be all over the place. And that's why I almost died at Great Falls falling off a cliff. you remember that story from the yep. masters. Um, but like, nowadays when I do it, I make sure I'm in a safe place. I make sure uh, for, you know, for the most part that, you know, I'm by myself because I, you know, I'm eating a half ounce. I don't want people to think I'm insane crazy. Yep. And that's the way I'm going to be when I eat a half ounce of mushrooms, uh, you know, or something like that. So yeah, I try to try to make my conditions good before I delve in to
0: something like that. Yeah, and and that's that's usually what I do too. So this was yeah. one of the few times that just like uh, out of nowhere, I was just like, "Yeah, hey, let's take mushrooms." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's I how it worked I out. I don't do that anymore. My shit's planned,
1: yeah, <laughs> basically. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like I said, that was like eight years ago. I I uh, really don't even take them at all anymore. Yeah but... that that mushroom mennonite story was from nineteen ninety eight. So it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then the most I ever took was probably. Amsterdam. That was just 10 days straight of just uh, devouring yeah, that, mushrooms. That's a good
1: story. When I went to Amsterdam, I ate some mushrooms, and I went to the uh, Amsterdam Zoo, which is like the biggest zoo in Europe. Yeah, uh, It was a national children's holiday, so all these kids got in the free, and we we're tripping balls, and we're walking with all these kids, and we're at the polar bear exhibit. Uh, and, and one of the polar bears just mounts the other polar bear, just pounding it. <laughs> just pounding it, like hard, like the like, long dicking the motherfucker, the other fucking uh, the female polar bear and and all these kids like thousands of kids uh, are around watching this I, I it's a moment that just ingrained in my head because it was so hilarious uh the situation we were in and you include the mushrooms on that It was, that was an experience Th-
0: that's hysterical yeah all right but thank you for joining really appreciate it this was a ton of fun Ready for the PGA Championship. We, hopefully we can make some money. Where, where yeah. can everybody find you, Kenny?
1: Hey, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find you can listen to me or watch me uh, on the Mayo Media Network on YouTube uh, for the Fantasy Golf Generates Show. Also, gupscorner.com. You can find me there. You can find me anywhere. Just hit me up. You know where I'm at. Derek, thank you so much for having me on. It was a blast.
0: Greatly appreciate it. So, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. As always, check out thehelmsports.com. From my hardcore parkour over there that's the core for DraftKings ownership fades and pivots and then pro golf now have the course preview up there and then my dark horses will be up tomorrow and probably be back with another podcast tomorrow night so come on back but that's going to do it for this week thank you again kenny and talk to you guys soon and remember step out there